whenever you draw a picture, it's like putting a memory onto a piece of paper. And it's like putting a memory onto a piece of paper. So it's like a portrait. And that memory will stay there as long as you have that picture. It's FAQ NYC Off Cycle, where the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers, the city, steps back to take different and deeper looks into some of the things that are always happening here in the only place in the world. In this episode, you'll be hearing from the Fletcher family, mom, Veronica Fletcher, who goes by Ronnie, and her kids, Joshua, Madison, and Zachary, who attended two schools in Brooklyn where their dad and Veronica's husband, Joseph Trevor Fletcher, an MTA worker, died from COVID in 2020. The family moved to Georgia in August, and they spoke over Zoom recently with Liz Donovan, the co-author of the article, The Pandemic Robbed Thousands of NYC Children of Parents and Caregivers. Many aren't getting the help they need. A collaboration between the city, Columbia Journalism Investigations, Type Investigations, and City Limits as part of Missing Them, the city's COVID memorial and journalism project. Let's jump right in. Thanks, Harry. Our article covered the New York City Department of Education's response to the COVID-19 pandemic with a focus on what, if any, grief support the agency provided to the more than 8,700 children across the five boroughs who lost parents or caregivers. We found that although the agency has increased school-based mental health resources and hired additional social workers since March 2020, there is still not a written protocol on identifying children who lost parents And as a result, students are falling through the cracks. Ronnie is one of those parents who felt as though her children did not get sufficient support in school following the death of her husband, Joseph Trevor Fletcher, in April of 2020. Last fall, she moved to Georgia, where her children's new school recommended a grief camp, something Ronnie wished they had access to years ago in the pandemic's epicenter. Ronnie, do you want to tell me about your husband? Hi, thank you, Liz. How are you today? It's good to hear from you again. Great. My my late husband, his name was Joseph Trevor Fletcher, and he passed away at the age of 60 due to COVID on April 11th, 2020. We were in New York City, the epicenter. He passed at the very start. He was an essential worker. He worked for NTA doing work on buses, and he was an incredibly kind generous, loving, funny, smart, talented, devoted husband, father, grandfather, brother, and human being and friend. Thank you for sharing. And when, when he passed, you were also sick with COVID, right? Yes. I, I, I contracted COVID while taking care of him. So at the time of his passing, while he fought for his life in the hospital, I fought for mine at home while taking care of my children, our children, and advocating for his care as well in hospital. I'm so sorry you all went through that. Um, I want to just go around around the group here and have each of the kids introduce themselves and say how old they are. Joshua, would you want to start? Um, my name is Joshua Fletcher, and I am 17 years old. 
Hi, my name is Zachary Fletcher, and I'm 14 years old. Hi, my name is Madison Fletcher, and I'm 10 years old. Great. Thank you all for agreeing to do this. We spoke just before the holidays when I asked the family to tell us about their New Year's traditions and how they've changed since their father passed. Well, every year, like we'd, st- we'd stay up on New Year's and we'd watch the ball drop on the TV. We never went to see it because I don't think we ever did. Um, when we went there and like we, our Papa would always come home like as soon as I could always get home. Like as soon as the balls dropped, or like right before he'd get home from work, and um, yeah, because I remember the last time he was there, like we we got home and Mama made like these, it was like pizza kind of, but like without so much sauce and just it was just, like it was pepperoni and cheese and like bread, and she just, like and it tasted really good, and um, and we were watching plane the like the i don't know what the, i think it's called planes the show with like the it was a movie it was a disney movie like basically cars but with planes instead and i remember him getting home right before that and we had some apple cider and he, then he sat down with us and um i remember last year we were like we took plates and like we wrote down everything we wanted to leave in 2021 I'm not sure. I think we might have talked about we wanted for the new year, too. Ziggy, what do you remember? Um, To add on to what Josh was saying about the plate, I think it worked because I don't remember what I wrote down on the plate, and then I think I forgot it behind. They were like, like ceramic plates? Or like paper plates? Um, They were plastic plates. We would rip them up into confetti and throw them up into the air. Oh, wow. Those paper plates. Paper plates. That's really cool. I never heard of that before. Maddie, do you remember what you wrote on yours? I do not remember what I wrote on mine because I agree with Zachary and Joshua because we left it behind in 2021 because that those are memories that we didn't want to remember for 2022. What do you think you'll do this year? I'm not really sure if we have any bad memories this year, but if we do, then we can write them down and make them into confetti. That's great. I want to ask what we talked about this in our last conversation, but what do you all do to remember your dad whenever you miss him? For me, like just looking at photos and like, it might bring back the memories. But the things that like I'll remember through things like that'll that will do. Like if there's something that needs to be fixed or something, like I'll remember and like remember what our father did and everything. And maybe like with Lego, like I have this set that I got for Christmas, you know, for my birthday this year. Like this Lego set, and it was like the Technic ones. Those are like the really hard ones. And it was based off Ferrari and like, it just like it, cause the, those sets, like they go into detail and everything. And like, I was just reminded by like all the parts and like the detail and specific things that it talked about. And I understood more because of my father. 
Yeah, you used to build all those Lego sets together as like a, a something that it was a kind of bonding experience with you, right? Yes, ma'am. How about you, Ziggy? Whenever I miss my top, I'll come inside my room. I have this bin, big bin of Lego, and I build something. Or I would go with one of my Lego sets that I've already built and play with it. I think that's so sweet that you used to build Legos with your dad. And I'm glad that you're still able to enjoy doing that. How about you, Maddie? I know you're really into art. I would normally draw a picture and I would fold it up and put it somewhere. Do you draw a picture of your dad or just of something else that reminds you of him? I would draw a picture of something that reminds me of him or a memory that we had together. Can you think of an example of one that you did that was one of those one of those categories? I remember drawing this picture of one time when I had a Girl Scouts thing. We had a daddy-daughter paint night, and I drew a picture of us painting that picture. So you drew a picture of you painting a picture together? Yes. Oh, that's sweet. You said something really beautiful last time we talked about how drawing helps you with the grieving process. It kind of helps you put your feelings on paper. Could you tell me about that again? Whenever you draw a picture, it's like putting a memory onto a piece of paper. And it's like putting a memory onto a piece of paper. So it's like a portrait. And that memory will stay there as long as you have that picture. That's really beautiful. Ronnie, I have a question for you. Um, You lost your mom as a young child. How did that experience help the way that you navigate it, help your children navigate through their grief? Well, 40 years ago, my mom died. And those 40 years of pain taught me things that helped me as I parented, because from when we began our journey together as husband and wife and we began our family, I did things with my children that I wished I had that someone had recorded for me. So for example, I have lots and lots and lots and lots of pictures. Oh, such a great abundance of pictures and video. So little moments, little random moments that wouldn't seem special to other people you know, just us in the house, I would grab the camera or I would just record those moments for the kids later on, never knowing I would need that for my children because their father died when they were so young. And another thing that I would do is I would write down little random memories. So each of all, each of these children, they have a huge, huge, huge book that has pictures that I actually print out, but I also write little notes you know, this happened this day or this happened this day. But I think the biggest thing is the pictures because I didn't have that. My sister and I, I was nine and my my sister was five and we don't have photograph memories of our mom and my children. I'm so glad that I parented from that perspective because Mm -hmm. they actually have such a vast abundance of formal portraits that we've taken as a family and little 
moments, just casual moments, informal, having fun, riding bikes, you know, doing everyday things that the memories would be lost forever, especially since they were so young. Maddie was, she just turned eight when her father passed. And this is some, this is not only a way to help them with their grief, but it also allows my husband to move, to live on when my children actually begin to have their children. So they'll know about their grandpa and he'll be an actual living individual for them, even though he's no longer alive. They'll be able to see him, hear his voice and understand and see how much he was loved and how loving he was. So many of the pictures that you shared with me, uh, you know, were on these wonderful family vacations you used to all take together. And I remember we talked about the last one that you took with Trevor um, was a road trip and a cruise, I believe. I wanted to see if each of you could tell me what you remember most about that trip. Yes, ma'am. And to add on to what Joshua said, one of the restaurants that we went to, President Obama ate there and other famous people. And then about the cruise, um, we all went snorkeling, and that was the first time Madison went snorkeling, too. Um, and we got to take photos with fishes. I remember the snorkeling part. That was my first time snorkeling. And it It was an amazing memory for me because I got to have it with my dad and with my family and not anybody else. But I really love that trip. I only remember the cruise, though. Um, I want to ask you, your mom mentioned when you moved to Georgia, you were able to go to a grief camp. and You all really enjoyed it. Um, I wanted to ask, when she first told you about the idea of this grief camp, what did you expect it would be? And then what was it actually like? I expected it to be like, I guess just talking about stuff related to it, like the whole time. But it turned out being different than what I thought it would have been. Josh, you, you're going to be a counselor at the grief camp, right? Um, I want to be next year. So it was just fun. I figured it'd be more fun because well, last year, well, last year, this year when we did it, most of the time, nobody was there was really my age except the counselors. But so most of the time, like when we had the discussions, like it was, they made it fun too. Like it was like regular camp in a way, but also also grief camp at the same time. Like, they made it fun. It wasn't just, I guess, talking about your feelings the whole day or anything. And I originally didn't want to go. But I, I realized if I had stayed, I would have to take care of the dogs and everything. So I figured, why not just go? <laughs> You're happy you went in the end then. Yes, ma'am. I expected the grief camp to be like our church retreat where we go to a hotel and sit in a room and just talk about stuff but in this case talking about our feelings but it was nothing like that we went to beach we went on a hike in the forest we played sports 
and the food was actually good for lunch, dinner, breakfast, and that was our first time trying Chick-fil-A. Wow, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Did you like you like the Chick-fil-A? Yes, ma'am. How about you, Miss Maddie? At first, I was expecting it to be like actual camping. Like we were actually going to like hike somewhere or something. What did it end up being like? Like what was your impression of it? I really liked it. We actually went into like cabins and the boys got separated from the girls and the girls <laughs> separated from the boys. So the boys had their own ca- cabin and the girls had their own cabin too. Ziggy, did you want to add something? Yes. Um, I wish that we had this in New York because it would have definitely taken a lot of stress off of me knowing that there were other people that went through an experience of losing a loved one at a young age. I was just going to ask that if, yeah, how, how you feel like it would have been different if you had that right off the bat back in New York a couple years ago. Um, I don't necessarily know how it would have been different for me because most things are still in lockdown anyway for a while. And, like, I didn't necessarily see it as anything. Like, it was just, for me, I just knew, like, it was always a possibility once he went, when he went to the hospital. And I was just prepared for that. Like, that would be the fact. We just have to adjust and keep moving. How about you, Maddie? Do you think it would have helped you in, in any way if you had had it sooner? I would have think it helped me to because to add on to Zachary, it would have taken a lot of stress off your back to know that people other people are like you and they lost a loved one. What conversations I'm curious when you say that it was helpful to know that there were other kids who lost parents or lost a loved one, what would those conversations be like that you had with those kids? Would you share memories of your loved one or would you kind of talk about what you were going through? I just, I would just love to hear kind of what those conversations were like. I would have talked about what I remember about them and what qualities I liked in them. We would talk about um, memories that we had with the loved ones. And then we would also do this thing with pipes and a marble and then we put the marble through the ball and then he related the marble to losing a loved one forgot what it was and if i had to phrase it it'd be like um life is you don't really know what to expect is going to happen in your life and don't get lost just because you're losing one thing. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think my last question, I just want to see, you know, for our readers and our listeners, what you 
want people to remember about your dad? If you, you know, you're telling all of New York City about your dad, what's the takeaway? He was selfless. He was, he was kind. I don't, I don't really think there's, there's nobody that we know at least that had a problem with him. Well, they had thought anything bad about him. Like when they came to deliver his tools to the house, like everybody just had nice things to say, and like they all kind of bonded about it in a way, and like they were all talking about him, and like and talking about the memories that they had. One memory that I would like to share is that he was able to fix a lot of things with people. I mean, for people, so then. We had lots of people, so then they would express their gratitude after Papa died by helping us with, like, sending food to that house, giving us money, um, and the, the one time, uh, our soccer organization organized uh, something called a motorcade. Or a bunch of people came by and expressing their gratitude and helping us know that he was loved and helping us know that we're going to get through it, losing him. That's so beautiful. And you, Maddie, what do you want to tell the world about your dad? I would tell them that there are no words to explain how nice he was and how caring he was. That he was a great man that was helpful, kind, smart, sweet, and loving. I guess, Ronnie, I'll give you the last word. I'm sure you would love to say something about Trevor. Um, well, to talk about the travel aspect, my late husband, he immigrated to America, to New York, from Grenada. And he felt that our children should know the world and be global citizens. He wanted them to know that there were no limits to what they can do, where they could go. So he, we made sure that they experienced the world. So whether it was Maho Beach and St. Martin, I have pictures of him with the children waving at the planes as they pass by so close, it looks like you can touch them on the beach, to the mud volcano in Cartagena, where we were huddled on the couch looking at the TV like, oh, we did that. We've been there when it was on the amazing race to a river cruise along the Eiffel Tower to see along the Seine where we saw the Eiffel Tower and Notre Dame. And, you know, my, my husband took our son to the very top, tip top outside of the Eiffel Tower. And then we took the time to walk around and see, find the Grenadian flag to see exactly how far we were from half of their culture and half of their heritage, you know, to Buckingham Palace. We were spelunking in Mexican and Trinidadian caves. My late husband wanted our children to know that there were no limits to where they could go, to what they could do. And even in how he lost his life to COVID, he was a selfless servant of New York City as an essential worker. And he sacrificed his life for strangers that may never know his name. So I would want the world to know that this, there were, that my late husband was a human being who gave of himself to everyone 
And he gave of himself to his family. And he was a genuinely loving, talented human being. And him, like so many others who perished due to COVID, they all need to be remembered because they're all more than just a number. Thank you so much. And I am so grateful to have gotten to know all of you through this last year of us talking and getting to know Trevor through you. He sounds like an incredible, special man. And um, I'm really grateful that we have an opportunity to, you know, help his legacy um, continue on through the story and through the podcast. And thank you all so much for sharing with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. This has been FAQ NYC. We're part of the city, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc slash give if you'd like to pitch in. We are headquartered at NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research and are a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists, online at popular.com. Our executive producer is Harry Siegel, that's me, and our engineer is Adam Kamara. A very special thank you to the Fletcher family, Veronica, Joshua, Madison, and Zachary, and a thank you to Liz Donovan for your reporting and for hosting this episode. And thank you, listener, for joining us and making it this far. Be kind, be cool, and we'll be back soon with more.